our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest. Today's Monday, which means we're bringing you Money Confessions, a weekly series where you tell us your deepest, darkest money secrets or hot takes. You're joined today by Sim and Sonia, two best friends who have a lot to say. Let's get into it. Hello, Sonia. Hello, Simran. Season seven. Can you believe it? Oh my God. I actually cannot believe it. You know, I feel like we say this every other episode. Like not every episode, but every other episode, like I still cannot believe that this is my job and that every time I sit in front of a microphone and we're having these conversations, it's just like, damn, you really did that. Sonia and I were talking earlier and like we had jumped on to record and then we started like chit-chatting and then it was just like such a wave of gratitude that I had. It's so nice that we get to do this. It's so nice. You know, like when people are younger and your friends and you like talk to your friends about like, imagine if we did this when we grew up, imagine if we did that. We never even thought like we would do little skits together. We would do little performances. We would pretend that we had like a YouTube baking channel when we were five. Oh my God. Do you remember that? Like a cooking show. It wasn't even, this is before YouTube. This is us just like existing with our shows. We just thought we were like Rachel Ray. (laughs) I just, yeah. Gosh, we couldn't have even imagined doing this together when we were younger. And now we get to jump in, listen to someone's money confession and share our thoughts (laughs) and opinions. What? With that being said, let's just get into it. You know, we're on the clock here. We are. Sorry. (laughs) We have to help these people. (laughs) All right. Dear Sim and Sonia, I'm a final year university student who will be starting my internship next year and I'm planning on moving home as it is closer to work and because I'm making a living wage and want to save up for a house and pay off my loan. Woo. I didn't know if I wanted to yell that woo. So this is what we're going with. (laughs) I told one of my friends about this and she made me feel pretty bad about my situation. A little bit of a background, she's come from a very different financial background to me, family-wise. Prior to this interaction, she would always make comments about how I have spent a lot, what I spend my money on, and she would roll her eyes and say, I contribute way too much to capitalism and I'm part of the problem. I've always looked the other way because we do have you know, different backgrounds and I get it, but she also spends just as much as I do and then complains about how much she is spending. 
I don't think that I am much of a spender as I do budget weekly and have worked part-time for the past few years as well as studying full-time. I always pay my bills. I'm a keen bargain hunter and I have an emergency fund set up, but I do like buying clothes. Last night, after I told her about how excited I am to move back home and to save some money, she starts laughing at me and rolling her eyes while making some snarky comments about how she could never do that because she's an adult now, or how she couldn't imagine being reliant on her parents again, and making pretty condescending remarks about my financial position, and how I haven't really done anything to earn it, implying that I'm lazy. I'm very fortunate that my family is pretty financially stable and can house me next year and I am so so grateful for my parents. I have been feeling pretty bad about her remarks about my spending for some time now and her remarks about me being quote unquote rich and superficial. I regret not backing myself last night because I just laughed it off but it's starting to make me feel quite bad. She owes me about $100 for the past month's power bill and some other meals that I've paid for. I've brought it up a couple of times, but she hasn't paid me back. But now that she keeps saying these things, I don't know how to bring it up. Should I talk to her about it? Or is it true that it is a bit strange to move back in with family? Is it rude that she's made some of these comments? And how would I even approach a topic like this? How do I talk to my friends about money when we come from such different backgrounds? If I could have some advice, that would be amazing. So I know this was a little bit long. So in summary, it looks like there's two best friends. One of them is making a lot of snarky comments about the other's financial situation because she is more well off, but it's more well off from her family. And it's more well off in terms of she's able to go home, start saving and move on to her next financial goal. I actually think Sonia and I have a lot to say on this one. Where do we even start? What are your initial thoughts? Let's start with something that I want to make very clear. Sonia and I have both <laughs> been people that have moved home or lived home to save money to reach next financial goals. So for us, we recognize it's a privilege. And to answer that very last question, which was almost heartbreaking, like, is it strange for me to move back home? No, absolutely not. No, I loved living with my parents and it was a huge blessing, a huge privilege as sim said but also i have a few friends that i've met here who rent in downtown toronto they want to go traveling next year or they want to move countries next year and they're actually moving back home with their parents they live about an hour maybe an hour and a half away from downtown but it means they don't have to pay thousands of dollars of rent every month that money and you know they could continue to live in the city and spend thousands of dollars, but they want to save up for something bigger and something more important to them that aligns with their values. So they've got this option of going home. They recognize it's a massive privilege and all of the people around them are like, that's so cool. Like, I wish I could do that, you know, which is one of the things that I will say with this friend, it feels like a projection. A hundred percent. And to make this even more normalized, like I have some friends, I've probably said this a million times now, but I have a lot of friends that are doctors and there's like a flat of them. They all live together. It's a great free medical service for me. And when I Bless. turn up, they're all moving now back home. So they've all, they all live together. They flat together. They are doctors. They make some of the best graduate salaries in this country. And they're all moving back home because they want to travel next year. And so they're like, well, why would I live away from home? I might be like 28, 29, but 
I'm going to go back and save and basically do what your friends in Toronto are doing. So I don't think the issue is in moving back home. I think it's the projection. Before we get into their scenario, have you ever experienced this? Like, have you had examples where you've felt like people have made you feel bad for your financial privileges or the, the some financial privileges that you've had? To be honest, I think I'm pretty lucky in that when I started talking about finances, and obviously this is very public in terms of what we do, people in my life, friends who aren't in those, I guess, situations, they don't say stuff to me to look down on me or make me feel bad. They either take it as inspiration or they ask for help and like that's amazing. I will say something that's a little bit different, but it's happened to me a few times is when like people who need to pay me back, usually like a few years ago, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. Like, don't worry. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? Just like, don't even worry about it um, in general. <laughs> the Bank of Sonia was quite generous. <laughs> yeah. But then as we all know, this year, 2023, the Bank of Sonia is closed. So if I am lending money that I'm able to give, again, I'm very lucky to do that. I don't take that lightly, but it's been interesting to see, you know, when people like owe you money and they're spending money on all <laughs> these different different things just like the most insane things in front of you in front of my two eyes you know with the glasses that I have for my astigmatism I can see everything clearly and you're not paying me back like, Sonia and them like walk into the store me. and they're like oh you know what I could do with a third perfume and Sonia's like I could do with my hundred dollars back <laughs> So I think that's the only thing that I've had to deal with. Have you? Not directly. I think there has been examples in front of me of two other friends and I won't go into detail who, but I remember when we were younger, this was like six, seven years ago, like obviously way before Girls Out Invest, we were all very young. We were university students actually. And I remember watching two friends talking and I didn't know the other friend, but I knew my friend and my friend was saying to this girl, she was like, oh my God let's call her Sarah. She was like, oh my God, Sarah spends so much money on clothes. And Sarah was like, I only buy like one or two like tops a year. And my friend was like, yeah, but they're $200 each. And Sarah was like, oh, but you know, like I'm trying to buy quality pieces that last me a long time. And at the time I didn't really, you know, this was six, seven years ago. Was that me? No, it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> me and my um h&m era like, i can't afford anything i'm only making 17 dollars an hour <laughs> yeah okay 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 no i promise it wasn't you it was another friend and obviously i don't blame her because she had like not the best background financially with her parents and so she would like i guess feel a certain way about it but it was so obvious as an external party because I wasn't Sarah and I wasn't my friend. I was just watching this interaction and it was so clear to me like, oh, this other friend, let's call her Sammy. Like Sammy felt insecure that Sarah's parents were wealthy and Sammy wished that she could spend $200 on a top or like just saw it as a attack on her upbringing or her lifestyle and Sarah's just doing herself, you know, like she's not talking about Sammy's money. She's not saying, but you spend like a lot on smaller items that then end up in landfills. Like no one's throwing shots, but I've seen that a bit. And as we've grown up, it kind of continued for a little bit where they both continued that way of like acting. And it was quite interesting because the person that had more money, she was very respectful. She was very mindful. If you didn't know her, you didn't know that she had money. 
nothing about her like she drives a little dented car like nothing about her screams spoiled but she has a level of wealth that is more than most people and she'll buy items that aren't branded but are expensive and she makes them last I have to say something in my experience when people project it is so obvious to the rest of us and I don't think people that project realize how obvious it is it's so true for business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone, and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. And as you get older, you'll notice it being way more obvious. I empathize with both situations. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, you can't really fault someone who wishes for a better life or who wishes that their parents had this and they look around them and especially if they're your friend and you see how they live compared to how you live and how you've struggled and how your parents are struggling like it's hard and it's hard not to make like snide comments and it's not always the you know movie scenes of popular girls like mean girls of them just being so rude to their parents it's usually in little situations like this where insecurities come out. Yeah. My advice for this person that is dealing with a friend like this, I mean, they're in their final year of university. If I could go back to my younger self, this is what I would say if I was in this person's shoes. It would be along the lines of like, look, your friend is quite young. Like end of university, you're not actually that old. She's probably still figuring out how she manages these feelings and I would cut her some slack in that space. I think if we were 40 years old and you had a 40 year old friend talking to you like this, like I would actually say like, that's not a friend you should have in your life. Like we should know better. But when someone's that young, it is worth even having a conversation with her or letting the comments slide for now, because you're both university students. You're both struggling to some degree, maybe her more than you. No one is making a full-time graduate salary right now. And you'd hope that with time that improves. I would constantly remind myself, like, don't let that comment get to me. It is a projection of her experience. If she had the same opportunities you had, she would move back home as well. No one needs to be so prideful that I think if you have privilege, some kids with privilege feel like they have to struggle on purpose just to like appear a certain way I used to find my friends doing that and sometimes I think I would do that as well where I'd go oh no like when I bought my home my first home I didn't take parental help I bought it myself I could have absolutely 
asked for like $10,000 from my parents to help me get like a slightly nicer house. They had that ability and yet I was stubborn and I was like, I want to do it on my own. It's an important thing for me. Now I look back and I'm like, why? Like what medal did I win by struggling when I could have done that? Why can I not just move home if I need to save up to, to buy something or like to travel? Like it's just when you have those opportunities and you don't take them, no one at the end of your life is going to like give you an award and say, congrats, you struggled more than you had to. Yeah. Also, I think what a waste of opportunity as well. And I think if, you know, your friend will probably admit this too, if they have children or like the communities around us, our nieces, nephews, godsons, whatever, you don't want to see them struggle. You know, your parents felt the same way about you. I think it's just like situational and it sucks that people, especially from a cultural perspective, I feel like a lot of Indian culture is like you have to struggle to like earn your stripes. Let's make this the hardest possible way to like get to end goal. So yeah, I definitely wouldn't feel bad about moving back home, but to definitely chat to your friend. If you can take one piece of advice from me, from my like I would say first year of uni, like end of high school days, communication is such a tool. For me, I would disassociate so quickly if someone I thought like wronged me or whatever, like I would just like cut them off. It was like the era of Tumblr individuality <laughs> of like, no, you need to cut them off here. You need to cut them off there. And if I could go back and just have simple conversations with people that would fix itself, like I would. Like what is wrong with sending them a message or like the next time they make a joke saying, hey, I know that like, I know that this is like not what you would do and that's totally fine, but this makes sense for my journey and I feel really lucky that I can move home and my parents want me back and I'm just so aware of my privilege and I know that like this is not offered to everyone, but as my friend, it kind of makes me hurtful or it kind of hurts me when you... Okay. Pretend I'm the privileged friend. Pretend you're the person that's projecting. <laughs> hey, I'm so aware of my privilege and how I'm so lucky to move back home. But at the end of the day, you owe me about $100. <laughs> and I get that you're struggling. And I get that you're, you know, not in the same situation as me. But I could really use that $100. It's about the principle. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, my God. I did not even realize that I was being a dick and also that I owed you money. <laughs> yeah. And you'll be best friends forever. <laughs> okay. That's a very good point. Just take what I say and then say it better. <laughs> take what I say and put it into chat GPT and make it nicer. Do you know what? At the end of the day, if someone talked to me like how I talk to my therapist or how my therapist talks to me, I would simply just leave the conversation <laughs> because it's too much now. It's too much. It's too much. But I would just recognize for yourself that what you're doing is not wrong. You're in a safe space. You're lucky. You're privileged. All the good things. And with her, just have the conversation around, hey, look, I was more than happy to pay for these things, but you said that you would pay me back and... Otherwise, you have a conversation and she still doesn't pay you back, I feel like. Sonia just wiped her hands for those that can't see the podcast because it is a podcast. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> My God, I just forgot what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. And if she keeps making like snide remarks, then I'd bring it up. 
but I wouldn't bring those two things to her attention at the same time. And don't use ChatGPT because if one thing ChatGPT doesn't do is make things a little bit casual. You just you type it again and you say, "Hey, can you do this in a casual tone?" Make this more casual. Yeah, I get it. I get it. No, don't do it. And then they add like three emojis, and one of them's the peace sign, and then it's casual. <laughs> now I get what you're saying, and. I'll be honest, in my experience, I know we don't have all the experience in the world, but as people that openly talk about money, I think Sonia and I have some wealth of knowledge in navigating those tricky things. I kind of put my friends and family into two categories. There are people that are happy to talk about money. It doesn't make them uncomfortable. So we'll openly talk about money. And then there are people that it's not comfortable for them for their own reasons So I just don't like those are my friends where we talk about other things and that's fine. We don't have to talk about my money or their money. We don't have to talk about my wealth or their wealth. If some people aren't in the headspace or interested or are uncomfortable with your position, all you can do is be as mindful as possible. But after 26, frontal lobe develops, the slack kind of gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. But I think this is one of those situations that give it a few years, you'll look back and you'll see it more clearly. But it's a lot harder to do when it's your friend right now. Yeah. I will say it's just funny how money comes up in pretty much most things that we do or like how we like handle situations. But yeah, I'm curious to see what you actually end up doing. So please, please DM us with a follow up. She's going to be like, you guys made me lose a friend. (laughs) And you know what? That's fine because that's what life is about. And you'll get, you'll get other friends. Sonia said, join the club. Yeah, literally. (laughs) The end of high school. (laughs) First year of uni. You can tell me nothing. (laughs) All right. Well, if you have a money confession that you need help with, you want our unfiltered, unsolicited advice, unhinged advice, send them in, email us at hello at girlsthatinvest.com or send us a DM on Instagram. You may just be featured in next week's episode. Until next time, Sonia. Till next time, Sim. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team, bye. Bye.